mind's eye. The starry whiteness, the sheen endowed by hot iron and starch. Leanne's family, from Guanxi originally, ran one of Hanoi's Chinese banks until 54. Leanne hasn't offered more than this. Yiliang assumes the communists took the bank when they took the rest of the North. Does she miss it? she wonders for she herself certainly misses China, despite everything. Do you consider going home? a reporter asked her at her last exhibition. Naturellement, parfois, she replied, although in truth she considers it all the time. The truth is, home feels less like a place now than an inner part of her, an organ cancerously riddled with longing. The hurt recedes when she's painting, but the ache of it, of all she's lost, that never leaves. Places and people still appear in an eye blink, so tremblingly real she could touch them. The Parisian grace of Fojo Road, its elm-lined streets and Tudor mansions. A Shanghai marketplace, its air saturated with dialects and the fierce smell of seared meat. Women washing food and dishes on a riverbank, nursing their howling red babies. The damp clatter of Yangtze commerce, its endlessly inventive curses. She shuts her eyes. In an instant she is back on the steamship landing, Zanhua's arms stiff and desperate around her, that ridiculous cane poking right into her shoulder blade. It seems so clear to her then. Back in 1937, that Chiang Kai-shek's so-called new life was already half dead. Chai-pei lay in charred ruins. Hirohito's soldiers roamed Shanghai like wolves circling before another attack. But the true danger came from Yuliang's own countrymen. Chiang's blue shirts and green gang thugs. The Generalissimo's own oppressive little pallet. Everyone knew at that point that Yuliang was a marked target. If not her body, then certainly her work. And yet, Zanhua still begged her to reconsider. You can stay, he'd insisted. It's not too late. Things here are on the verge of change. I feel it. Even now, is it really twenty full years later, Yuliang all but hears his voice? and for just an instant, doubt wells. Should she have stayed? Don't be ridiculous. Opening her eyes, Yuliang shuts off the emotion as ruthlessly as she twists shut the tap. Her work is her life. She is lonely here, yes, but she has her painting, her cats, her clients and admirers, her small circle of intimates. Each one would confirm that her decision was the right one. Her friend, Junbi, said as much the other day, studying Yuliang's latest self-portrait. There's something new in this one. You mean the fact that I've shown myself smoking, gambling and drinking? Yuliang didn't mention the nudity. Of course, that's not new. That's not it. Junbi thought for a moment... Her soft brow furrowed. Ah!
I see it now. You are smiling. You actually look happy. Oh, really? But staring at herself, the flushed face, the round contours, the unusually relaxed stance, Yuliang had to admit she saw it too. She looked, at last, like a woman enjoying her life. Her reverie is interrupted by the bells of Chapelle des Auxiliatrices. She looks at her watch, then up at Leanne, still standing in stocking feet by the table. Has the girl really been here for an entire half hour? As though hearing Yuliang's unspoken groan, Leanne steps back from the painting. She is chewing her lower lip. Is something wrong? Yuliang asks her. My legs. You've made them, how do I put it, rather fat. Ah, uh ha. -huh.